Hello, kings and queens and in-between sinner saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another screaming and streaming episode of Yes, Jesus! It is me, your host, Danny Franzese, and as always, I'm here with my bestie. Fresh from the confessional booth, Azariah Southworth. <laughs> That's right, and sit down because today's episode, oh, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. <laughs> That's right, so sit down in the pew pew pews, because here at Yash Jesus, we believe that... Queer Jesus is coming to a Christian college near you. She may already be there. (laughs) That the children and the college students are our future. That's right. Well, this whole episode is some gay Christian news. Gay Christian news. <laughs> it involves a lot of prayer and praise. Uh, so, Danny, you've been going through some stuff this past couple of weeks. Let's talk about that. Well, if you follow me on social media, you know that I lost a booking at Walsh University hosting the Mr. Walsh Male Beauty or whatever popularity pageant. Walsh is a Catholic university, and their decision to fire me literally came the day after the Vatican released a statement that said that the Roman Catholic Church was definitely not going to bless same-sex unions. Uh, In their dismissal, uh, the president of the school also cited some of our racier podcast titles, which we'll dig into later. (laughs) This has been tough, and I don't want to get too into it because you can find my reaction videos and the reaction from Walsh administration online, and we'll post them in our show notes so you can get all caught up on all the cheese may and the tea, including this really fantastic article uh, written by Kelly Weir at the Canton Repository. We love you, Kelly. But listen, I really do believe that the Lord creates opportunities out of hardship. And the last few weeks have been a really big reminder of this. After my firing debacle made the news cycle, something beautiful and amazing happened. The students and some faculty at Walsh University came together and really began fighting for change on their campus and for a recognized club. Now, over the past few weeks, I've gotten to meet and talk to several students who are fighting for LGBTQIA plus rights at their school. And these are some of the most amazing people in the world. And I wanted to dedicate this episode to amplify their voice for their efforts and their strength. Uh, so that will take us uh, to a little break. And when we get right back, we'll be here with the scripture of the day. Guess what, Azzy? Are you excited? I'm excited. Our freaking deacon, Ross Murray, has written a book. Yeah, and this book needs to be on the desk of every minister. Every minister needs this book. Whether you like it or not, LGBTQ people will always be in the church. And our ministers need to be equipped with how to show up for us. Pre-order the book, Made Known Loved, Developing the LGBTQ Inclusive Youth Ministry, with your favorite bookstore or online store today. Visit madeknownlove.org to learn more. All right, we're back, Azzy, and it's time for the Scripture, scripture of the Day. Hey, hey, hey. Scripture of the Day. Oh, oh, oh. Scripture of the Day. Oh, oh. It's soul food. That's right. It's a Scripture of the Day, Azzy, and it's an important one. What is it? <laughs> so when hard times come, we turn to the Scripture. So we are turning to James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
So after all this went down, a lot of students from Walsh reached out to us via yasjesuspod.com and voiced their opinions and perspectives on what went down. And we got tons of messages, but I wanted to read you a couple. As an LGBTQ plus student who is a student at Walsh University, I am sincerely sorry on behalf of my university. My heart breaks knowing that anyone would be dismissed because of their sexuality or the way they love. As an incoming freshman at Walsh two years ago, we were assured that Walsh was a school of inclusivity and making everyone feel equal no matter what. It is clear that we are so far from that, and I am sorry. I would love to talk about this issue more. The lack of inclusivity for LGBTQ people at Walsh, especially students, is unacceptable. From personal experience, I have witnessed backlash from staff and faculty of Walsh University simply because of stating my beliefs. I am praying for you, and I am so sorry you were treated this way by my school. Now, you know, I got tons of mail like that uh, that day uh, when that original message came out. I, I know sometimes when Christian and Catholic universities call upon me what that means. I know it as a queer Christian what that means. And it, just my mere presence there means so much to the students. So some of those jobs are the ones that I look forward to the most. So it was a big blow to me, you know, forget, financially sure, but like also like, Oh, like, oh my God, like, I'm not, those kids are being closed out again from being able to see like an LGBTQ person in a role of celebrated leadership, like as a host or whatever, just in any, any kind of role. And I was just merely being there to exist. Um, yeah, it was tough. Uh, I, I'm sure you got more. Yeah, there is one more here. Um, so another message from a student there. Uh, I am appalled by this decision and disgusted with how it portrays the students at Walsh University who do support LGBTQI plus people. Many other students are disgusted with this treatment and want to find ways to support those who are an active part of this community. I know many of us disagree with what has happened and how you have been treated. I hope students and alumni will continue to reach out and share their stories about Walsh so we can make a positive change. I want to go to a school that is inclusive of everyone, and I am so upset to know that this is how our administration is treating people. I want a positive change to come from this for the school I know can be better and set a better example for those in our community and all over the world. See, it's those kind of messages that really pulled at my heart because this is someone who's, they're not angry, they're, they're, they're hurt, and they want to help change and move change. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter if um, the person who wrote this is LGBTQIA plus or not, and they don't identify if they are in here, the letter or not. It matters that it is somebody who wanted to be represented as a person who loves all and felt that they weren't being at that time. And that's the kind of thing that really pulled at my heartstrings when I was hearing these different uh, types of stories, because at Walsh, they're educating educators and health professionals mm -hmm. and nurses. And I, I want to know that the people that are learning there are, that might have to take care of me or someone I love in the future is accepting of them. And that's just a couple of the messages that we got, you know, after reading all these messages from Walsh students, I challenged president uh, Tim Collins to listen to the students, alumni, faculty, and staff at Walsh university. All of these messages came from students who talked about the oppression that the students were facing on campus. I wanted the administration to hear that firsthand because a lot of these things you know, sometimes get swatted out of hands before they make it all the way up to the top. And, you know, once again, the students stepped up.
The student government held a hearing and President Tim plus more than 200 students and allies. Uh, students were gathered around their computers with friends and it was a huge turnout. For context, these meetings usually get like 50 people. President Tim Collins said that he didn't want to say anything but spend time listening. He used the phrase at one point, squinting with my ears, which was a little cringy, uh, to describe how uh, hard he was listening. Uh, but, but I understand the idea of wanting to give a platform for people to be able to speak. And that's what this was. It, it was tough. Yeah. What did, the, what did the students say? Well, I'm not going to share anything too specific, but I will say um, that I was only mentioned once at the very top of a multi-hour meeting. Mm-hmm. It was like my incident didn't matter. It was like it un- what, it, what it did matter was that it unveiled a lot of pain and oppression that Wall students were experiencing. All of this stuff that was bubbling under the surface and... Mm-hmm. This situation with me just like reignited this spark within the student body. And it was a really beautiful and vulnerable experience. And I still get a little teary eyed thinking about it because these these students bravely showed up and told their stories, stories about discrimination, feeling isolated and getting shut out. Of course, there were trolls. A couple of people Zoom bombed in to say clever things like drop the F-bomb or lick my balls or whatever. But like students stayed strong and they continued talking about these really personal and painful topics. Yeah. And clearly there's a lot of pain, but these students have channeled that into action. And it's amazing to see. They've done a lot, but I just want to list some of the actions they've taken. Uh, So uh, the students started circulating online petitions, which we've linked in the show notes, including one called Walsh University LGBTQ Plus Deserve Community Support and Resources. So go to our show links if you want to sign that petition. Um, There was also a a sidewalk uh, chalk messages of love and support started showing up all around campus saying stuff like love is love, be an ally and support your students. And then also students started uh, and a renewed push for a recognized LGBTQIA plus club on campus. Yeah, apparently there had been efforts before that were made several times that were shut down. Uh, Kelly Ware explains them in her article. But now there's a whole new group of students fighting for this, which is amazing. And one student even started selling an LGBTQIA plus (laughs) calves because they're the Cavaliers Uh and allies merch. Okay, we should put the link in the show notes there in case people listening. Yeah, want to for sure. I was. That. I already believe. You best believe I bought mine right away. <laughs> I was hoping it would have showed up in time because um, even though you're just hearing my voice, uh, I I would have been louder wearing it, and I can't mm. wait. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, of course, while we're talking about a specific college campus, this kind of stuff isn't specific to Walsh. Overall. The state of LGBTQ students on Christian campuses is not great. There is a report that came out from the Religious Exemption Accountability Project, also known as REAP. It found that LGBTQ students at Christian colleges face more bullying and harassment and are far more likely to experience isolation, depression, and harm than straight students. And I want to share a few of those stats. So here, queer students were three times more likely to report depression and anxiety and three times more likely to have seriously considered suicide. Oh man, if that time of your life isn't stressful enough. Mm-hmm. They also found that 12% reported that their school suggested they receive counseling, suggested or mandated that they undergo conversion, conversion therapy. therapy. Yeah. 
They also threatened to revoke their financial aid or scholarship or took other actions against them as a result of their sexual orientation or gender identity. They also found 22% of transgender or gender nonconforming students reported bullying or harassment, compared to 5% of cisgender students, and 14% reported being sexually assaulted, compared to 2% of their cisgender peers. So, like, knowing all of this context, mm-hmm. it's even more inspiring that these student activists have been showing up and fighting for change. Yes. And we're in awe of these college students, and we wanted to let them know that they have our love, our support, and our prayers. So we decided to invite a couple on to talk about their experiences and movements through, uh, that they've created on campus. So we have with us Hannah. Uh, Hannah, you're going to help have to help me with your last name here, and Amanda <laughs> and Helen. So, Anna, tell us a little bit about yourself. What grade are you in there at Walsh University? And what is your role that you've been playing uh, as this has been playing out on campus? Um, So I am actually a senior. It's really empowering for all of this to be happening my senior year, seeing where things were, especially when I came in as a freshman all the way through now. Coming in as a freshman, I didn't really have any sort of idea what to expect from the campus atmosphere. So I had tried to, you know, look into things online, try to find, you know, the general vibe of the campus. I um, didn't really find too much online. I found one thing written by a student that sort of directed me towards knowing there was at least one person on campus who is part of the community. And it took me at least two weeks to even feel comfortable reaching out to that student. What did the student say online that let you know that, that possibly they were feel, like feeling a similar way? Yeah, he had actually, um, I don't know if it was for a class assignment, but he had written a blog post of some kind that uh, talked about being gay at a Catholic university uh, where he directly mentioned that he was a student at Walsh, um, and he indicated that he was either a sophomore or a junior. And uh, looking at the like timestamp and the date of that blog post, I was able to figure out that he would be going into his senior year, my freshman year. Do you see how even even an assignment, even doing an assignment in school that 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 guy did that perhaps doesn't even know about, that it inspired you? Maybe he's listening now because he is a Walsh alumni, but like. But this is an example of how representation matters, how even a small little flair could mean so much to somebody, how that post of just an assignment that he had perhaps gave you hope. It definitely did give me hope because I wasn't able to find anything else. Um, I searched through Walsh's handbook. I don't know if other students do this, but I literally typed in Walsh gay, Walsh LGBT, Walsh LGBTQ+. Uh, those Google hits hit now. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different now. A little, bit. a little bit different now, yeah. A little bit, yes. But um, I was very glad at the time. This was back in 2017, so there definitely wasn't any information for me to find at that time. Well, we we definitely feel, we talk about it all the time. Azariah uh, talks about it all the time as well about how ambiguity is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like when it's, when they're, when they're not letting you know, and it seems like it might be something that's correct, that that's dangerous. That's why, uh, you know, you have strength in numbers. Speaking of numbers, we'd like to fold in some of our other guests here with into the conversation. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Um, 
Hi. Uh, thanks for being on the show as well up here, joining us with Hannah. Um, how do you fold into this, this story? Yes, I was for seven years a faculty member at Walsh University. I was an English professor with tenure. I was a chair of the department. And I was the advisor of a very small group that we did have temporary approval to run um, for our LGBTQ plus students. Um, myself and another faculty member ran that group for several years. Um, we were very much under scrutiny. We were not allowed to advertise. Um, and so as a result, we kind of had to find people through the grapevine, through rumors, through profiling, stereotypes, etc. Um, but I was involved in that for a long time uh, as sort of like a go-to person. I did lead a with a couple other people a trip to Notre Dame University to do some research about how we could successfully um, engage with our LGBTQ students in um, sort of concert with the Catholic mission of the university. So I did do that for quite a long time. Thank you so much for your work in doing that. Like, honestly, uh, uh, like people like you were like soldiers for the LGBTQ community, honestly. And thank you for your service because a lot of that comes with your hide. You take a lot of the bullets, you know, trailblazers often get the arrows and not the land. And it's literally like, it, like I really do appreciate you standing up uh, for the students and doing something like that and bringing some awareness uh, when you did. It was an honor to do so. I really feel like it's one of the things I was most proud of, despite the difficulties that it brought in my time there. And after you left the obvious, that initiative fell apart. Well, yes, there were several other things that happened. It wasn't simply because I left. It was um, we had had a chief diversity officer who was very involved, but he unfortunately died. Um, he was not replaced. Um, there was a change in administration and all kinds of, you know, it's been a tumultuous couple years in general. But um, needless to say, the group has had not, I don't believe, has had permission to meet in quite a while. And it was my understanding, too, I had heard from another student who was a part of that initiative that they weren't even allowed to send emails. You couldn't send an email out or hang a flyer that said anything with LGBTQ on it. One time we were given permission to send an email. One time we sent it out. The amount of proofing that went into that email is hard to believe. And then as soon as that happened, there was a small group of vocal, extremely conservative students who immediately um, went straight to the former president's office and it got shut down. Wow. And, and you mentioned that you only had a temporary approval. Um, so there's there's a process that's in place to get approval, and because it was LGBTQ related, the university said we'll give you a temporary one, and then it wasn't even really a real approval. It wasn't a club. It was they kept calling uh -huh. it a group, and the difference between that, of course, is that the students did not have access to funding. They did not have access to. Um, <clears throat> the sort of, they didn't have the right to promote themselves, make flyers, you know, have speakers, things like that. So that was, it was, that gives you a sense of just how carefully monitored it was. Right. And that's, that's the reason why having these groups are so important because Hannah, you know, students like Hannah are out there searching for other people, you know, where do I belong? Who, who else is out there like me? Who can I, you know, where can I find my community and connect with them? And, and Without that network, without that uh, visibility and, the, like you said, the funding, the ability to send emails, to post flyers, it makes it so much more difficult for those students to find that and, and to find their place of belonging in such formative years. It does. And, you know, Hannah, 
found me pretty early on, myself and someone else, thank goodness. Ken and I have done all kinds of cool things together since. But needless to say, um, you know, we did have a fight to have safe space signs on our door. They were allowed. I don't know where it stands now because I don't work there anymore, but they would regularly get ripped down and the administration really didn't like them and said, Hmm. you know, the whole the whole campus is a safe space. So what do you need this for? And you know, mm-hmm. the te- no matter how many times the students testified that this was not the case for them, it was not mm-hmm. safe. They did not want to have to constantly walk into a room and figure out who was safe. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't seem like people were hearing that message. Well, as was um, shown by the student government meeting, when people were dropping in and, and saying things, you know, and yeah. slurs and stuff like that, that's the exact reason that there needs to be a safe place, a place where you know that that's not going to happen, where you yeah. can reveal, you know, more intimate and perhaps sometimes dangerous things about yourself um, you need to, in order to be safe. Uh, I want to I want to bring in Helen. Hi. Hi, so Helen. good to have you here. Helen, tell us a little bit about you and how you fold into all of this. So I was first a student in 2014 as a freshman. Um, And at that time, I was kind of questioning. But I actually, the first time I came out was very accidentally and carelessly in a class. And that class happened to be being uh, directed by Amanda Gratisek. And she brought me into the fold um, where I met the previous diversity council um, representative for the LGBTQ community, which is the position that I would come to full, uh, fill later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I worked closely alongside with them until um, they, you know, had to graduate. Um, and something about my story that I think is um, not unique to me, but is very common for Walsh students in general who are queer, is that Unlike Hannah, who maybe Hannah was very resourceful. She's an exception we have here. She looked things up online. She's very smart. <laughs> um, but I think even then, uh, the chances of you finding that those that handful of faculty members who are super supportive, a group of students, you know, someone finding you through the grapevine, it's all really heavily based on chance. Mm-hmm. And it really shouldn't be. It, when you go into a university, you should be able to kind of find some place that makes you feel safe or at least feel an environment that makes you feel safe. Mm -hmm. Um, But here it was just like, well, if you find someone great, if you have a really supportive group of friends, great. If you have a really supportive family, that's amazing. But not every student had access to that. Not every student had that in their background. And so I think it's really important to understand that this is something we shouldn't leave up to chance because, you know, students' well-beings and outcomes are kind of on the line when we're talking about these things. Absolutely. And, and Amanda, would you say that's why having a, a recognized LGBTQ student group or a club on campus is important? I mean, I absolutely would. I mean, it was just the, what we had to do to find students was borderline unethical. Um, I mean, it, it worked in its own way. But, you know, I worked very closely with Helen at the time because she was one of the students who advocated for creating the group, which was not the first time, by the way, but it was sort of a a reboot, which they're doing again now. But, you know, we would sort of, you know, I would say, you know, Helen, I heard about this student. What do you think? Like, and and it was so awkward, right? Because some of those students were still not comfortable. Maybe they were dealing with pressures from a certain kind of Catholic family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because 
you know, a lot of people will say, and I'm sure you've seen these comments, well, if they don't like it, they can leave, right? Well, Mm -hmm. many of the LGBTQ students at Walsh exist in a space that's kind of somewhere in between, right? They're Mm -hmm. like still figuring things out. They do want to maintain that, that relationship with their faith. And if we don't have that designated space for them, or if any university doesn't, then you know, they shouldn't have to bear the burden of seeking it out in the way Hannah did because of the dangers that a group that has been traditionally marginalized marginalized is going to experience. Yeah. When I did the 2008 Soul Force Equality Ride, we uh, traveled for two months visiting mostly faith-based universities that had policies banning openly LGBTQ students and, and of course, no recognized clubs. And our presence on campus was, was such a threat to to the administration and staff that when we visited Regent University, Pat Robertson's university, there were helicopters over us. There were policemen on horse, um, and they we had to hold up signs saying "Meet us across the street at the Seven Eleven so we could just talk to you to let you know that hey, there are the people out there, uh, you know, um, that are like you and that God loves you just as you are, you know." Um, and and one thing that doesn't get addressed a lot is how these policies banning openly LGBTQ students and recognized clubs on campus creates unsafe environments for the students. So, Hannah, Helen, do you? Uh, what are some of the stories that uh, that you may have or lived experiences of where you didn't feel it was safe for you if if you don't if you don't mind sharing um, to come out uh, if if you want to share. Um, well, I mean, I've definitely, I feel like there's a, probably a laundry list of things that I could go for, for other people. But as far as myself, um, I obviously really liked writing about LGBTQ issues uh, in most of my classes. If I had the opportunity, I like to do research. I like to do creative writing about it. And whenever I did that, it's sometimes I would get things scrawled in the corners uh, by other people telling me I need to focus on other things, telling me I was wrong telling me just generally hold on scroll scrolled on the corners of what my essays like if students would revise you know students sometimes you do student revise essays or some in in one case a professor so it just seemed like my um even though i'm i'm most of the time i mean i'm i'm spitting facts but (laughs) um it just seemed like what i was talking about was up for debate you know so you would have student revised papers or like or, or graded papers that things were scribbled in the side telling you to to think about something else you said yeah and it, it was different you know depending on the content but sometime it would be like well i think you should focus more on this issue um or this is wrong this isn't right the one was a religion class. I don't know how far I want to go into detail about this, but, you know, correcting me, like I was trying to challenge the philosophy of why homosexuality was, didn't really philosophically seem wrong and kind of challenging the theology of why Catholicism didn't really think that was, you know, right. And I, you know, got, I mean, I can't remember the exact details, but it was definitely like, this is wrong. This is not the way we think about this, and then a description of, you know, an argument, you know, someone putting an argument in my own personal essay about me trying to express something. Right. Instead of, instead of grading the content or the grammar, like going into talking about like your actual thoughts and your feelings on something and debating you. Yeah. It felt more targeted. 
To me, you know, I, one thing we always love to do here on Yash Jesus is like, we don't even call it Bible study. We call it Bible wondering because like, who really has all the answers? Like we, like God wants you to think about that. I think, and like wants you to like search and soul search and wonder and figure out why and, and pray about it and write about it and discover new things. Um, mm-hmm. There's no definitive answer on, on anything. Nobody puts a stamp on anything. Um, uh, how on campus right now are students organizing right now to put to, to what's happening now um, in, the, in the present day? I know that there is a meeting coming soon uh, to sort of bring up the, the what are they bringing up at the meeting? What are the, what's going on? Like, like what's the haps? Um, I'll go ahead and chime in since I'm a current student. Um, so it's complicated. Um, obviously, it's sort of like a follow-up of that one student government uh, meeting that you referenced earlier, where you know people got to speak on things. It was definitely more positive in the sense that you know there wasn't really people objecting verbally as much. Um, in full comment form, like in full discussion and stating things other than, you know, side comments. But... Was it as open, like where there's many people in attendance? There was probably about 60 to 80. Um, So there was additional faculty and staff and students, but alumni were not invited to the most recent student government meeting. I don't believe that the board was there. The president, uh, for whatever reason, wasn't in attendance. I don't think it was intentional that he wasn't there on purpose. I think he just had other things going on that he wasn't able to attend. So it was definitely a different atmosphere compared to that first sort of meeting. It did go pretty long as well. It was almost the same length of time. And you had sort of a rally the other day, uh, something where you guys um, had made posters and had sort of gathered? Yeah, it's, it's complicated. We, um, myself, I know a lot of other students sort of tried to look into the policies of the student handbook to make sure that we, like, we aren't trying to be anti our school, anti our faith. We're trying to, you know, play by the rules and follow all of the guidelines and codes to make sure that we can find a way for students' voices to be heard and for other people to be aware that uh, we believe that this is an issue and that having a club would be beneficial to students. So we, um, we found this sort of smaller area of campus. It's not a place that needs to be reserved and it was just sort of like a little gazebo almost. Yeah. And just for a couple of hours. A gazebo. I love it. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see it. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was a really awesome experience. Um, we had, you know, some snacks, some things. We had donuts. We had uh, Lady Gaga Oreos. Yes. You know you in the gazebo when they got the chromatical Oreos. We had rainbow um, goldfish crackers. We had all of the fun things. Adorable. Uh, so we had a couple of posters up just saying, you know, um, we're all Cavaliers. We... Um, like swords up for you know a safe space on campus Mm -hmm. um like stuff basically saying students deserve support and deserve to be 
you know, included in this campus um, and deserve to feel safe and have a space where they can, you know, really share um, with other people maybe who have gone through similar things uh, to uh, them. Amanda, how does um, a gay Zebo sound to you? Uh, like, <laughs> with all the work that you... <laughs> <laughs> Where's the disco ball? <laughs> I I mean honestly like all the work that you've done that you know and you and Helen have like worked towards this thing that Hannah was looking for and you guys have all worked together but like I mean you know it, Hannah like all the work you're doing up until the last minute even you have like one month left you might not yeah. even be in school to see this come to fruition but you might leave something behind for a future student mm -hmm. how, 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 how does it feel for you Amanda after all like years of this kind of work and effort to see something happen like even just as tiny and as sweet as a chromatica oreo under a gazebo well you know it is bittersweet there's part of me that feels that I should still be there fighting the fight with the students and and my faculty and staff colleagues who are also allies um I'm but so many students have reached out to me. It's been really encouraging to get a chance to talk to them and give them my uh, less censored uh, opinion now that I have a different job. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's really great to see. I mean, I will say that I felt like we were in a really good place some years ago when we took our trip to Notre Dame. Um, although when we went on that trip, you know, we, we got back and we thought, man, that was great. You know, like if only we could have that. And so I think sometimes these moments, they come with this, this moment of optimism and happiness, and then sometimes it doesn't always last. So I'm really hoping that this, this one has the momentum to push forward. But it's really inspirational to see the great work that the students are doing now. Yeah. Hannah, um, under, your, under the gazebo or anywhere else, have you encountered any unexpected allies in this work? I definitely have. There have been students who... Um, I guess for me personally, if no, people aren't actively for or against something, it's, you know, really hard to tell if someone's an ally or not. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really trying to sort of put those feelers out, you know. It but that's, that's interesting that you say that because that was my biggest argument with Walsh. It was like, if you say it's fine to be anti-LGBTQ, then I don't want to work there. Or I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to have a pending contract with you or whatever. Or maybe I do even more to kind of help the students. But my point <laughs> being just like, let us know if we're not welcome or let us know if we're not. The ambiguity is the thing that that, that provides un, un, like no stability. And so... Mm -hmm. I understand your point in that, but do you have people come out of the woodwork? Has there been, you know, not naming names or anything? Have you seen like a surprising reaction? I personally have. I've seen a lot of students um, and even some, you know, faculty and staff who I was personally surprised um, for them to be uh, reaching out to me or reaching out to students in general. It's been really encouraging to see. Um, but at like the same time, it's um, also sort of like, uh, bittersweet because there have been people who have reached out to me who are part of the community who said, you know, I had no idea that there were like groups operating, you know, sort of behind the scenes um, underground. Like I, I wish I would have known about, um, you know, a group of students trying to, you know, carry this on. Um, obviously we didn't have a recognized group, but people were saying, you know, I wish I would have joined um, and been able to support students sooner, whether they're actually part of the community or our allies. 
I love that. Well, get out the strawberry milk for them grammatical Oreos because it's <laughs> on the way. So, Amanda, is there anything else that you would like to say to uh, the students at other universities or at Walsh um, that might be listening and need a little bit of encouragement? I would just say that the work of advocacy is hard. Uh, Frederick Douglass once said something to the effect of, it was a heavy cross and I took it up reluctantly when he talked mm. about being, you know, the unofficial voice of abolition. And I think that I've had conversations with both Helen and Hannah about this. When you step into the spotlight to, ad- to do advocacy, it's exhausting, it's tiring, and but it's so important. And certainly some of the work I did was very stressful, but it was also just mattered so much. And so I will say to people who feel like they're stuck in an environment where they're not recognized, where they're not appreciated, where they're not validated, that I believe in almost all cases, it gets better. Um, and that there are so many people with you, um, to the Walsh students who I miss and love. I think you're doing amazing work and I'm inspired by you every time I read about the things that you're doing. So. Thank you. Oh, I love that. And I love that you said that because I honestly, I didn't want this situation. I don't want this Google hit. Like, I don't want this situation <laughs> to be like, I was fired because I was gay. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not like here. I, but to me, this God called upon me to say something because of the inboxes that I got from all of you and how I felt so connected to this situation and how both I, I almost went to Liberty University. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, we've, mm-hmm. we've all been in, that was the, my main thing out of college I was looking at for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, this could have been me. This was me. This could be someone else tomorrow. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it is annoying. Like you don't need this, but sometimes when God calls upon you, you just have to do it. Like I was like, oh man, like I'm going to be on comedy central's roast, uh, roast hall of fame next week, making vagina and dick jokes. Like, I don't want (laughs) to, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to have, I'm trying to be funny. I'm a comedian. I don't want this to be what it's about, but it's so important to me that you get your voices heard. And it's so important important to me that the simple fact that you could eat a chromatical Oreo under a gazebo, <laughs> like I will never, I'm gonna, I that like fills my heart. I we need it, we need it. Um, Hannah, would say you uh, graduating senior, congratulations soon. Uh, what do you say to the incoming queer freshman? I guess for me personally, I would say uh, just know that you're not alone. Uh, One of the biggest reasons why I think we should have some sort of group is because students need those resources. They should have, you know, one faculty and one student contact point where, you know, when they're ready um, to, you know, come forward and they want that support that they should be able to have direct people they can go to. So I, I would say know that there are people on campus who support you um, and those who are very understanding and maybe um, identify the same way that you do and that you are not alone. And um, I guess my hope for what a small part that I've played in this is, you know, I hope that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. I hope that anything that I had to go through my freshman year to, you know, try to find all of these resources and, you know, try to find supportive students and faculty and staff, that that's not something that future students need to worry about. That's something that, you know, is already lined up for them. And um, I hope that in some small way, even though it's been, you know, not the easiest thing for me to become more vocal about my identity and um, 
especially this last year. Um, but I, I hope that in some small way it encourages other students um, that it's okay to be themselves and that, you know, whether they're Catholic or Christian or of some other faith uh, and belief system, that they feel that it's okay to exist and that, you know, it's they're able to um, have that faith relationship um, and also know that they are loved as they are and that they don't need to change to receive that love. So I just, I guess that's my hope is that, you know, students feel welcome and that they, um, I hope that me being vocal and me, you know, trying to bring attention to this matter is something that really allows students to be themselves going forward and that whether it's current or future students that they, you know, they feel God's love on campus and off campus and that they feel like they can be themselves. I tell you, even it's one of the most amazing things was like the, uh, the young man's assignment that you happen to come across. That was like your little tiny little uh, mustard seed of faith that you were accepted and that somebody else felt the same way uh, led to you Googling Walsh and LGBTQ and now is going to lead to Walsh and LGBTQ being Googled and hearing your story. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a testament uh, to how important it is to just tell your own story. Um, mm-hmm. Helen, how about you? Uh, what would you like to leave from this experience? First, I just want to say that I'm really happy, happy and so hopeful and just proud of all these amazing um, youngsters who have started, you know, reinvigorating this uh, beautiful movement on campus. Um, and something that me and a lot of my other LGBTQ plus friends like to talk about a lot is, you know, we're not we're not always born into a world that really understands us and accepts us and loves us, and we're not necessarily even ne- born into a, a family that necessarily understands us and accepts us and loves us. So the way that we have to find unity in the way we look at the world and the way we perceive ourselves and the way we perceive things around us is by building these familial networks. And whether or not, you know, you're finding that on campus or, you know, when you you build them, when you leave campus, that um, these kind of family units are so important to realizing that you were not alone Mm -hmm. and it's something that's that's like i'm continuing just right now this weekend i i just went camping with the former diversity council rep and i still keep in touch with hannah and um it's just really important for us to find that unity and find that family where you can get it and even if for some reason you're not able to find it at university just know that when you get out into the world there's people with open arms who really want to talk to you and really understand you. Um, so kind of something similar to what Amanda was saying, like it gets better. And, you know, I want to build a world where, where everybody can love the kind of person that you are, that these LGBTQ students are. I think um, that's so smart and so profound for you to come to that realization for yourself. Even Um, it took me a long time to find that, you know, Armistead Maupin in the amazing LGBTQ uh, Chronicle uh, Tales of the City says that uh, uh, books uh, that we um, find we gay people are born with a biological family, but we find our logical family. 
And I think that it's very important that uh, a, a group like this happens uh, for you guys. I, you have my, me and Azariah's full support. We talk about 100%. you and pray for you all the time. Um, we just want to thank you so much for your work and your efforts to create a better environment on campus, not just for your class, but um, the next generation of LGBTQIA plus students who will be attending. We are so proud of all of you um, at Walsh. Uh, those those of you here with us and those of you at home, thank you so much. One Just one quick side note. You know, I didn't go to a Christian college, um, but every day my dad prayed that all of his children would go to Oral Roberts University, the premier Pentecostal college. But I did travel with the Equality Ride, like I said earlier, and for two months I got to see what it's like for LGBTQ students on faith-based campuses. And some of the things that we experienced was our bus being vandalized were uh, students getting in cars and driving by, throwing things at us, the president of one university coming out and denying the existence of LGBTQ students at his school. So this is so important that they can just be recognized, that they can be seen, that they can gather under a gazebo eating chromatico Oreos. It's so important. So so, uh, I, I, I applaud you guys, like Danny said, and the work that you do you're doing is holy and it is it, it is christ-centered and so be encouraged in that and if you're listening to this and you're going to university right now and you're experiencing the same thing keep doing what you're doing connected with these folks here you know um but that leads us into our act of love of the week so we are going to ask that you sign on to one of the petitions um, that we spoke of earlier in this episode. Um, one of them is called Walsh University LGBTQ Plus Deserve Community Support and Resources. And we will uh, put the link in our social media, which you can find us at Yas Jesus Pod. Um, so head over to our social media and sign it. And also we want to ask that you buy some LGBTQIA plus Cavs and Ally merch. Yes. Um, yes, we will put that uh, red bubble link down below. And thank you so much, all of you, for coming on the show and for all of your uh, work. Uh, dear Lord, uh, thank you so much for bringing us all together under this gazebo of love. Here at Yash Jesus, we are so touched and humbled by the story of what's going on at Walsh. And we want to offer... God, that you please give them the support, give them guidance, give them the armor of God, like just Mm -hmm. cover them with the ability, make them say the right words, make them do the right things, and uh, hopefully uh, be able to have this club. And we pray for the security and the protection of LGBTQ students on campus, that you cover them with your mercy and your grace and your protecting spirit. And we pray for that you will bring more people like Helen and Hannah and Amanda on the campuses around the world uh, for students who need them. So we thank you for um, these these lights that you have um, uh, shared with us today. God, we thank you so much for these incredible folks that we spoke to and the incredible folks that are all opening their hearts. And we pray uh, that President Tim Collins and all the other people at Walsh uh, can please open up their hearts to them as well. Uh, thank you so much. Amen. Uh, We are so grateful to have you all here. Um, I'm just so, I don't know. This is going to be a part of my life forever. I'm not going to rest until we're going to do, we'll meet you in a year and do another episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because we need to, we need to hold them accountable. We need to find out what happens with this. This story is not over in our hearts and it is certainly not over um, at Walsh or at any of these other universities. Uh, Thank you. Uh, 
just from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much to uh, uh, Hannah Rakowski, Amanda Gretasek, and Helen Klein uh, for joining us. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. Uh, you can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at yashjesuspod.com. Please check out our show notes, especially for this website, so you can get all that great merch and sign those petitions. Uh, it, this web, our website will have all the links to the articles we talked about today and for ways that you can help Wall students create a better environment for LGBTQIA plus students on their campus. You can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yasjesuspod.com, or even just a confessional, honey. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. Yes, send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, episode ideas, guest ideas, or even just the, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. Uh, (laughs) We'd love to hear from you. Yash Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Franzese, and... And Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauly. Gosh, Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bastilios, and Steve Michaels. Come next week, where we'll be streaming and screaming, God <laughs> loves you exactly as you are. Now yeah. keep praising the Lord. <laughs> keep praising the Lord, y'all.